Welcome to Sustainably Speaking. I'm Mia Quinn. In this episode, we'll explore the importance of water infrastructure, otherwise known as pipes, in helping to create stronger communities and a healthier world. Plastic pipes are used every day to transport water to millions of people around the world, providing an effective solution for getting water into our homes and communities. Today, we're sustainably speaking with Rich Anderson, Senior Advisor at the U.S. Conference of Mayors, who has more than 30 years of expertise preserving drinking water systems. And later, I'll be joined by Amy Schmidt, an expert in building and construction and my colleague in the Plastics Division at ACC. Join us as we explore the importance of water infrastructure, a pipe's dream. Hi, I'm Rich Anderson and I'm a consultant to the U.S. Conference of Mayors located in Washington, D.C. The Conference of Mayors is the national voice of cities and mayors in the nation. Been operating as the director of the Mayor's Water Council now for about 21, 22 years. Uh, One of my particular focuses is on the economics of delivering water and sewer utility services to the nation's cities. It's obviously, it's it's a life uh, sustaining uh, effort, these utilities, and we have quite a bit of challenges facing us in providing the basic services uh, to our citizens and also to achieve national goals set by federal environmental agencies like the EPA. The last data record from census on local government finances indicates that local government spent $134.6 billion on water and sewer utilities. Now I'll put that into perspective. We think uh, that EPA is very close to the mark when they say that the need for water and sewer utility upgrades is probably 700 to 800 billion. Rather than completely rebuilding from the ground up, lack of funding for water infrastructure can sometimes be like trying to put a Band-Aid over a dam. Americans are becoming more and more aware that pipes play a major role in whether or not a community has access to clean drinking water. Two of the more important components of the physical assets in the water and sewer infrastructure are pipes. And pipes are important because without them, you don't get the water and you don't take away the wastewater. We all know this lesson. The lesson we're learning is that the four to eight million miles of pipe that we use for these utilities is aging and needs to be replaced. Fortunately, some states and communities are jumping in with their own replacement projects using more environmentally beneficial materials. But there's another problem, particularly in communities like Flint, Michigan, where water systems have been historically neglected. I think one of the biggest misconceptions out in the marketplace is that cities have trees in the basement that grow dollar bills, and they don't. All of our money comes from the citizens, and from the businesses. And what we're finding is that the cost per household for water, sewer, and stormwater 
can be as much as 10 to 15 percent of a household's annual income when they're at the lower spectrum of the income. For example, we built uh, 15,000 to 16,000 sewer plants in America. And if we had to go back and do it, we would put a lot of them in a different place to make them sustainable because they may not be resilient given climate change. Sustainability is an evolving concept and we have to adapt and decide what needs to be saved most and find a way to do that. Rich continues to explain what he sees in the future in terms of legislation. Plastic pipes can help ensure equitable access to clean water, no matter where you live, be it urban, rural, or tribal communities. There has to be change in the way we build. And I think that's very important because if you don't have their confidence, you end up with Flint. And I've worked in Flint since the catastrophe, working with the mayor's office, previous mayor, Karen Weaver. And I can tell you that the people there have absolutely no trust for local, state, or federal government. So once you've lost confidence and uh, the public's faith, you have to have massive change. We're going to have these pipe replacement programs ongoing. Problem is that we have so much of it there, it's hard to get to it all in a single lifetime. I think one of the cities, when I asked the question, how long will it take to totally replace your pipes? And I think the answer was, when was the last time Jesus was on earth? Plastic pipes can offer more energy savings than alternate materials. The interesting thing is that it doesn't have some of the problems that the older pipes in ground have that are corroded and may impede flows. Also, there's buildup of biofilm. And if your corrosion controls are not used properly, you change that equation and you either raise or you lower the risk for those using the tap water. So one of the things I like to think about plastic pipe is when we're replacing service lines to the community. Rich is hopeful about the future as our government continues to invest in infrastructure and addressing these issues. All of the indications that I have are that we are doing a good job. All of the discussion about we don't spend enough on infrastructure is all true, uh, but we have taken it in stride. You have to remember that just 10, 12 years ago, we were spending $95 billion on water and sewer utilities, and now we're spending $134.6 billion. So to me, that's a very optimistic sign that we are raising the resources we need to get the job done. It doesn't mean the job will be done forever. The challenge continues. Joining me now for a little more perspective is my colleague, Amy Schmidt. Thank you so much for joining us today on Sustainably Speaking. Well, you're welcome, Mia. I appreciate it. Yeah, I would just say that in general, we're seeing more and more natural disasters, as Rich mentioned, a need for better infrastructure to handle situations when 
not only where normal day-to-day operations need to function, but we also need to function within the construct of these natural disasters that are increasing more and more and more every year. And with that, we know that the investment upfront in mitigating some of the infrastructure issues pays off about four to one in accordance with um, this study. So for every dollar you're going to spend up front on mitigating some issues, you're going to you know, gain back a savings of $4 if you would wait and have to deal with it when something's failing. So it's really important to tackle some of these issues up front and make sure that we're doing so with a, a future outlook. Gosh, that's such a good point. It's like preventative health. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to wait till those arteries are clogged, right? So why is it so important for our cities, our country to invest in safe water infrastructure? I think uh, COVID has been a great wake-up call and and everybody has had health um, at the forefront of their minds uh, and health issues. We have seen the Flint water crisis And we also know that there's a lot of other issues with, you know, water infrastructure in our cities with very aging uh, systems. And we're seeing more and more contamination due to broken pipes. We're seeing uh, more issues with stormwater contamination, et cetera, as we have infrastructure that's just breaking down and infrastructure that is actually now exceeding their, its, its expected lifespan and readily increasing in failure events as a result. So uh, we're just not keeping up with the improvements to the water infrastructure system that we really need to be making at this time. And we, and we definitely need to be looking to more durable systems, systems that have a longer lifespan, because what we're finding is that the 50-year lifespan of some of the older systems is just becoming impractical to have to deal with. Is that why we hear so much talk about replacing pipes or is there more? Yeah, we're seeing issues with a lot of breakage and a lot of contamination clogging of the piping itself. A lot of corrosion or rust inside the pipes that can lead to, uh, we're talking about before the clogged arteries, right? Where when it's not as efficient to move that water through the pipes, it becomes problematic. Not only are we then seeing breakage from that corrosion and rust, but we're also seeing an increase of energy use to actually get the water where it's supposed to go. And where there is, you know, even just a small breach in that pipe, we're getting more groundwater contamination and other contaminants entering into our water system. Okay, gross. So what would you suggest as a possible alternative? I think that we need to encourage the use of plastic pipes uh, more and more. We're seeing that they do have those longer lifespans, um, actually lifespans that could be two to five times as long as some of those other historic options. And we're also seeing that we don't have the buildup of the uh, corrosion or the microfile that builds up in, and contaminates that drinking water. Um, we want to provide the best drinking water for our families, for our kids, for our parent, aging parents, etc. as we can. And uh, the one way we can do that is to use the plastic piping. We also know that that plastic piping is often the, one of the most effective ways to 
do the retrofitting of our system. We know that the plastic pipes can be less disruptive um, when replacing plastic pipe versus traditional piping. Um, Often you do not have to fully dig up the system. We can just typically go in and insert uh, the plastic piping into those systems and not have to disrupt our transportation systems and uh, other neighborhoods and other things that are uh, that pipe is running underneath. So it's it's a much more practical um, and cost effective way as well to retrofit. I didn't even consider everyday disruptions from replacing pipes. Yeah, there's a great case study actually at Arlington Cemetery where they replaced over 40,000 feet of water pipe without disrupting the cemetery and still allowing visitors to come and allowing funerals to continue and uh, families to have their peace of mind uh, during those events without having to have all of the ground ripped up and pipes being hauled in and out with large equipment, etc. So they were able to replace all of that 40-some thousand feet of pipe um, with plastic piping without that intrusion So really uh, speaks to the benefits and efficiency of that replacement. That's amazing. Let's talk more about environmental impact. Because this isn't obvious to me, how does water infrastructure and modernizing water infrastructure contribute to sustainability? So when you're using a more modern system or using plastic pipe and retrofitting with that for your water delivery systems, Number one, you're creating efficiencies right with energy, and that makes the whole community more sustainable, using less energy, more energy available then to fuel your homes, keep them warm in the winter or keep them cool in the summer. It makes the lights stay on uh, in your kids' schools and, and other things. You're not finding yourself in a situation where you're stressed from your energy grid. And you're also, again, being more sustainable because when you have a longer service life for a material, more durable material that's going to last longer, you're going to replace that less frequently, spend less money instead of replacing it, you know, two to five times, you're now going to replace it once. Definite cost efficiencies there. And you're also dealing with um, a lighter weight material. Labor is easier. In addition to being more sustainable in production and practice, How can plastic pipes fit into a circular economy? The companies that are manufacturing these products are also supporting advanced recycling programs in hopes that after that long lifespan, we um, need to uh, deal with the end of use, uh, end of life use for that product. We can um, take it back around in in a very circular way, recycle them into something that can be used for another durable product. So that is in the crux of it, I guess, a really uh, important aspect is the fact that you could potentially recycle the products that you're putting in the ground. I would also say that, again, from the resilience perspective, we want to really make sure that when we do have systems, they have to be functioning, they have to be functioning uh, regardless of the stresses on the system. And so we want to make sure that we can handle and, and maintain the pressure in the in the pipes and um, not have any contamination into the system. So although there is a very system aspect to that, and we need to make sure our water treatment plants um, are appropriately addressed as well. 
Well, we're seeing much less breakage with those pipes in the field. Um, So we're seeing a lot more longevity to those pipes. And um, we are seeing in many, many cases now, as we're reaching that, that end of life phase for some of our existing infrastructure, just the significant degradation, both the inside of the pipe erode, uh, just eroding, corroding, rusting, as well as the exterior and creating some of those weaknesses and that contamination um, opportunity. And so we want to make sure that we are avoiding that at all costs. So what's your outlook for the future of clean drinking water and water infrastructure in America? Obviously, our our water uh, infrastructure system is going to take a a lot of money to upgrade in whole, right? And we are assured of having safe water systems um, across the country. It's just not going to happen overnight. The cost is large. And although there is some increase in spending and upgrades to our infrastructure system, a lot of it is because we're forced to, because we're increasing in failures year after year. If we continue at this rate to get it done correctly, we need to invest more, invest earlier, looking at how costly that failure was. We want to avoid that. We want to fix things before. So I guess the bottom line is that we need to pay more attention to our infrastructure systems and especially the water service um, that we have. Water is a non-negotiable. Water is a basic necessity. And we need to make sure that that is safe water, safe water for our kids, safe water for our communities, and that we're serving all members of our community equally it's very important that we address this issue, especially in our aging cities, where the problem is escalating rather quickly. Special thanks to Rich for speaking with us. And of course, thanks to you, our listeners, for sustainably speaking with us today. We'll be back in your podcast feeds with a new episode soon, 